0: There's an impact factor, not just which project owner is yelling at us the loudest. That's what we're (laughs) going to do today. It's actually what is the most important thing? What's the most impactful to the business, to the customer? That's the work that we should do.
1: Welcome everyone to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience. I'm your host, Chad Sanderson. Today we're talking about Agile Marketing. What is it? How do you do it well? What outcomes should you expect? And how does it enable or change the way sales and marketing should interact? To help us, we have with us Andrea Freire, co-founder of Agile Sherpas, a sought after speaker and author of Death of a Marketer. Andrea, thank you so much for taking time and welcome to the show.
0: I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: So before we jump into the topic of the day, we like to ask a little oddball question just so the audience gets to know you a little bit better. And I don't know why, but I've been obsessed with this understanding what people are passionate about. So what's something you're passionate about that those who know you largely through work or, or a professional relationship may be surprised to learn about?
0: It's probably that I am a total volleyball nut. Uh, I've been playing since I was 12 and I'm still on recreational teams here in Colorado and uh, I pretty much always have to be on a team or I get a little bit crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah, for me, it's it's working out, but I totally understand that. I totally understand that. Did you play in college?
0: I did. Yeah, I played uh, D3 in college.
1: Wow. Nice. And just have continued the passion ever since.
0: Yep. Yep, so far I can still handle it. I'm sure there'll be a time when I can't, but uh, (laughs) hopefully that's far away.
1: All right. So, for our listeners, let's give them a little more context around Agile Sherpa's and the genesis of the company, how it came into being, kind of that story there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm a digital marketer, 15 years in various capacities. And um, a few years back, was running a content marketing team for a software company. And we were getting our butts kicked day in and day out. We could not keep up with the agile developers that we were marketing their uh, outputs. And so one day I said, how about we do that too? Why don't we just become agile and see if that helps our lives? It couldn't possibly make them any worse. <laughs> And so I did. I went out and got my Scrum Master certification and sort of uh, became the uh, ringleader of that transformation. And because I was a content marketer, I wrote about it on our blog. And eventually, lots of people reached out to me and said, hey, could you help us do that thing as well? And that's how Agile has got started was basically me agreeing to help other people try to solve the problems that I had been trying to solve myself with our team at the software company.
1: Excellent. Okay, so let's let's start with a definition of agile marketing, and I, I do this typically at the beginning of every interview, just to set context because language can be a funny thing, right? And you know, at first there was agile, and then there's another version, of scaled agile, and I'm seeing people slap agile on a lot of things, but there is a discipline and, and uh, science behind it. So, give the audience kind of your definition of agile marketing.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad that we are going to start here because there is this misconception that. I actually had someone say this to me just this week. Marketing has always been agile. What it <laughs> is. Um, and I'm like, okay, well, if by agile, you mean running around like chickens with our head cut off, then yes, perhaps we meet the definition. But if we're talking about, like like you said, a rigorous application of an agile framework in order to execute more effectively, we have not, <laughs> we have not historically been that inside of marketing. But for me, all the agile frameworks, whether we're talking about scaled agile or scrum or Kanban, really they're a method of creating focus on the right work at the right time. What's going to deliver the most value to your end user or your end customer? And then go and do that work, show it to those people, get their feedback, and then go incorporate it into your next round of work rather than design a really massive marketing plan at the beginning of the year, go do it all. And then at the end of the year, go, Oh, that didn't work at all. Too bad. We spent (laughs) our budget on the things that didn't work. (laughs) Uh, It's a much more rapid and iterative uh, collaborative
1: process as well. And so when, when a team implements agile marketing, do you have to change the structure of the marketing team to take advantage of it? Does it require significant organizational changes or different approaches?
0: It depends a lot on where people are starting from. So best case scenario, you organize your teams around your customer. And so if you can set teams up based on stages of the customer journey, for instance, that's ideal. For some teams, that's not a far cry from where they are today. And so the organizational change is not as significant or painful as it is for other groups. For those that are quite functional in their existing structure you know we have the content team and the social team and the email team and you know we have our siloed sort of universes it can be much more difficult to make that transition and so you can adopt agile practices inside of a functional team but you're going to get the best results if you can rearrange yourselves to be more focused on the customer in whatever way that is right? The most impactful and the least painful yeah. for the marketing organization. <laughs> so for it, it varies quite a lot from group to group to, and also depending on the size of the organization that you're looking at as well.
1: Well, and in global and in larger you know, enterprises, um, we're seeing it, especially on the sales side, we're seeing a lot of organizations move to kind of a pod structure where it's more team focused around, to, to your point, around the customer journey or, or in the sales. <laughs> languages, be pro- prospects. But ideally, you would have multiple roles working together simultaneously as a team on one target or one one particular industry. And I would have to assume that if you've got siloed organizations with social and you've got a digital team over here and, and all of that, it would be better off moving to that type of pod structure. Have you seen companies kind of doing that or attempting to do that in order to increase their iterative ability?
0: Yes, they are absolutely better off. You're right call it a pod, call it a cross-functional team, like whatever the language is, but getting those people to actually sit together and collaborate rather than having that series of handoffs, right? Because there's delays and reviews and issues every time that work has to pass from one group to another. And so it's very waterfall style, right? And very, uh, it takes much too long. And so, yes, um, when we coach clients, that's one of the things that we encourage them to start with as quickly as possible. A lot of times you can get there with a pilot early on, right? You don't have to blow up the whole org chart on day one. (laughs) You can grab a couple of people who are excited and able to join that type of new team and experiment. And best case scenario, you take a bit of a before snapshot. How's work happening now? How long does it take? What are the typical outcomes that we see and then let the team run using agile methodologies and see how much better it works. And you can usually see, I mean, a typical well-done agile transformation will give you like 3 to 4x improvements in terms of delivery time and even internal metrics like employee engagement or NPS so you can measure the aspects of the pilot that you need to know if they're working. And then that makes a really strong business case for everybody else to follow suit instead of just saying, this is going to be a great idea. Just trust us that Agile will work <laughs> and to really, to really test into the idea through the pilot.
1: And if you have an organization that does that type of uh, alignment you know, of the teams, do you find it drives greater alignment with the development teams that are also running Agile? Is there is there a way to sync that up to drive even greater responsiveness or, or speed of iteration?
0: Yeah, it definitely can and, and should. Uh, and the, the nice thing about it too is that because Agile has this set of shared values underneath it, even if the way marketing quote unquote does agile on a day-to-day basis isn't exactly like the way development does it, right? Because developers tend to be very, they like scrum, the scrum framework is their sort of preferred method of operating. Whereas marketers find that to be a little bit too cumbersome for the most part. And we need more flexibility in our uh, application of the practices, but we can still connect with the development team or other teams as well. So if it's sales or legal that can come along on this journey as well, then we can connect with them at their daily standup meeting. We can go to their backlog planning and do a lot of these naturally recurring touch points that are going to exist in the different groups and improve the collaboration and the speed to market without saying, all right, everybody, you have to do this exactly the same way, whether you like
1: uh, excellent. Okay, and so so we've got organizational structure, and then that's of course going to impact process. I mean, anybody who is familiar with uh, agile, true agile execution, shouldn't be surprised by there being process impacts. But just for those that aren't familiar with it, what kind of can you kind of highlight or, or outline what a process inside of one of those cross functional teams may look like versus you know traditional marketing approach or process.
0: Yeah. One of the biggest distinctions is going to come from the way that we decide what work to do. So an agile team's engine is their backlog. That's their prioritized to-do list. These are all the things that we as a team should be working on. And the big confusion for a lot of marketers comes here because when, when they hear list of things to do, they think list of things to do for a particular project, but it's not a project view. This is a team-centric view. They're working on multiple projects simultaneously, but there's an important factor, right? There's an impact factor, not just which project owner is yelling at us the loudest, that's what we're (laughs) gonna do today. It's actually, what is the most important thing? What's the most impactful to the business, to the customer? That's the work that we should do. And the projects then have to be prioritized against one another. And somebody has to be the team lead, like a product owner would be in a a software team to say, this is the big picture. This is the direction we're trying to move as a marketing team. Therefore, project A phase one is going to happen now. And then project B phase one, right? And they're going to mix and match these activities in the backlog. And then the team's job is just to go and do that work in the best way possible. They get to focus on the execution, just doing amazing stuff. And it's kind of this... What's important versus how are we going to get it done? This division of labor that really actually frees people up to do the work that they are best at doing.
1: Okay. And, and as we were prepping, this leads right into, we, you mentioned something that, that, uh, really caught my attention. And that is that you believe this approach reduces marketers' stress. Now, for those in the audience, don't lean in, especially if you're driving, don't lean in too hard to the speakers to listen to this. But we know stress management's a thing. I started my career in marketing, so I'm very familiar with the stress of the traditional approaches, but really curious to understand how does this reduce stress and allow people to focus on the, the the fun stuff, the stuff that they want to be doing.
0: Yeah, it really does. And for individuals who get a little angsty about the change, like it's actually <laughs> it's actually hugely beneficial to them because it's no longer I'm right uh, I'm a content marketer, right? back in my pre agile coach days. And so I would be sitting on five or six different projects that needed copy written for it. But all those projects thought they were the most important thing happening in the building. And so they're all coming and telling me, you need to work on my stuff right now. Why aren't you doing my thing? Come to the status meeting, come and write this. Like it's all being pulled in 50 different directions. Plus I have a functional boss who's telling me that I also have to contribute to the blog and I need to write thought leadership and, and sales enablement and write all these like regular recurring activities. And to somebody, every single one of those is number one priority. And so you're just stretched too thin. Whereas an agile team says to you, Andrea, this is the most important piece of copy that you could write right now. Please go do it to the best of your ability. And then I go do it and then it's done. And then I get to go on to the next one and so forth and so on. And it's, it's this like freeing moment. We just published an article on the Agile Sherpas website that uh, I spoke to a woman here in the Denver Boulder area who has been an Agile marketer for a year now. And she was like, this was here the whole time. I can't <laughs> believe that I've been driving myself crazy for years. And now that she's on an agile team she says, I'm 20% more productive, 20% less stress. And I've already gotten like kudos from my CEO and all of this, which I, I could never even get a project done before. So it's, it's this massive like load being lifted from marketers shoulders.
1: Well, and that's, I mean, it's a critical point, right? Nobody nobody wakes up in the morning and says, hey, I want to change today. So you're definitely going to have you know, skeptics anywhere you go, anytime you try a change management. That realization is powerful, though.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. And the marketers that we've coached at Agile Sherpas, once they're on a really good Agile team, they're like, well, that's it. I'm never going back. I can't go back to the old way. This is the only way that I'll work now <laughs> until forever.
1: And so speaking of those people that are afraid of change or have some preconceived notion of it. In, in some of the information you sent over, you talked about myths, myths around agile marketing. I would love to know a couple that you find humorous and, and can dispel for us.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the big one I think is that agile is anti-planning, right? That we just show up and we work on whatever we feel like from day to day. And it's very random and, and untethered, but it's actually quite the opposite. There's still that larger vision right? Of what are we trying to achieve as a marketing organization, as a larger business? Like what are the objectives? And then how are we contributing to that? But it is like I was saying, a a focus, right? To say, yeah, there's, there's maybe 10 or probably more like a hundred things that we could be doing. But here we've decided these are the most important. This is our current focus. And then how are our daily activities going to roll up to those things And you have such structured recurring meetings, whether it's a scrum, sprint planning meeting, or a Kanban backlog refinement session, you're still stopping at regular periods to say, okay, are we still moving in the right direction? How are things working? And so it's actually much more planning in an agile environment. They're just very different kinds of plans than we might be used to.
1: Okay. And so when we, one of the other things that, uh, I saw in the material you sent over that really kind of hit a red button for me is the lifespan of a CMO. So I don't know what the average is for CMOs. I do know in sales, sales executives around eh, 19 months, give or take average tenure. So if you can expand the lifespan of a CMO and reduce the, the impact or, or drag that happens when you have executive changes, that's a huge impact. So help me understand how that's possible.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) the CMO playbook, right, is is you like show up and you refresh the brand and you redesign the website (laughs) and you overhaul all the dirt tracks, right? These are like things you do when you show up. The problem is that they all take really long because they're waterfall style projects where we do all the planning and then we do a bunch of execution and everybody signs off on it and everyone has an opinion. And then like 18 months later, we maybe have something to show for it just that's actually been released. And then for another 6, 12, 18 months, we can't measure the impact, right, of what we just did. And so people get antsy. They don't like the lack of results from those kinds of traditional behaviors. And so instead, in an agile marketing environment, you can spin up an effective cross-functional team, have them go tackle a very specific customer problem in a high-value segment, for, for instance, and show their impact within a couple of weeks, months at the outside. And so it's a total flip of the typical CMO script. And it allows them to prove their impact much, much sooner as opposed to doing the typical their stereotypical like fluffy marketing, you know, activities. We're improving brand <laughs> awareness as opposed to actually showing the impact of the way we spend our time on the bottom line.
1: Well, and, and attribution is is critical for a lot of organizations these days, especially if they're going to make the types of investments that that some of those projects require. And so, then the other place that it can have impact, I would imagine, would be with sales. So, if I'm running an agile marketing team, does it change the way that sales and marketing should interact, or maybe it changes what sh- what sales should expect from the marketing department?
0: Yeah, absolutely it should improve what marketing is providing to everyone inside of the organization. Sales, for instance, can join their planning meetings to see what work is coming up that will have an impact on the conversations that salespeople are having. They can be part of that conversation to say, you know, this is right now a low priority item on your backlog. Can we move it up because we have X, Y, Z deals coming and then they can right choose to prioritize the work higher based on those inputs and so everything speeds up the the metabolism of the sales and marketing organization improves and there's agile sales even at this point where there's adjustments in the way sales teams are structured and compensated to drive these similar kinds of behaviors and so it's it's an organizational way of working at this point that should provide it's, it's like a win-win-win <laughs> from the from everyone because like we've talked about the people doing the work have more fun at their jobs and they're less stressed out the organization gets a better return on the people that work there and the customers and prospects are getting better communication they're getting better output from the sales and marketing that's more targeted and more enjoyable and less annoying <laughs> to them And so it's it's good for everybody across the board.
1: Okay. And so earlier you mentioned, you know, you don't have to go all in. You mentioned possibly doing a pilot. If somebody's considering looking at agile marketing, what are three things they could do to to test the waters without having to jump into the deep end?
0: Yeah, so the pilot is one, right? You can kind of pull these people together. If you're gonna pilot though, they have to be full-time. Like you can't say we're gonna try agile 30% of our time. That is not a thing. Don't don't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's terrible. It never works out. So instead, you have to say, "Here's five people, a hundred percent of their time. Now they work in an agile way. That's how we pilot." Or if the if that feels even too far, like a step too far um, for where you're at, you can start just embracing agile values like visibility and prioritization and focused effort. So even an existing team can put all of their work into a backlog, prioritize it, and then start showing what they're actually working on, right? Put it on the sticky notes on a wall. You've probably seen Agile teams <laughs> yep. notes around the wall. The red and string. The red string, right? Show your dependencies. <laughs> but you can do that quite easily. Just take the time to build out that list of everything you're doing, put it in order of what's most important, and then work on this high-value item as, until it's finished, and then start the next one. And those simple ways of visualizing work will reveal a ton and create a lot of opportunities for improvement without doing any organizational restructuring.
1: Excellent okay and so now we've got agile marketing and people are trying to wrap their heads around it I'm always curious to know uh, from experts in the field when you look out across the next 12 to 18 months across the marketing horizon what, what are you the most excited about What are the most concerned about is there a trend coming or some development that you're excited about or, or keeping an eye on because you're not sure what will happen with it
0: yeah'm I'm, I'm excited about what marketers are doing in this space in general I think it's going to be quite energizing for the agile movement overall to have new types of practitioners joining the conversations and saying, okay, well, you've always done your daily standup this way. Is that really the best way? Cause we're doing we it this way. And this seems like it's better. It's just a, a rejuvenation, I think of some of the practices with that said, the, the sort of other side of that coin for me is that I worry when agile agilists, let's say, who are not, who are not marketers, or who are not in sales, or who are not in HR, are sort of diving in and trying to help those groups without having a good understanding of of what we do in our particular functions. Once or twice, I've been asked to help coach software development teams, and I've never felt so stupid in my whole life. Like, right. I don't know, and I'm not a developer, right? I, heaven help us all if I get into the code base of anything.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you.
0: But there's there's some perception that everyone could be a marketer because we all go to websites or we all open emails and somehow that qualifies us to, to do marketing which it does not And so I think <laughs> there, there needs to be a, a good respect for for colleagues who have different you know functional areas of expertise and to not assume that uh, everyone can coach everyone we need we need people who get what we do and get the idiosyncrasies of our own ways of working. So I hope that we can provide good value to the Agile movement without being sort of subsumed under the existing ways of working.
1: Well, I think that's a critical point because there's a deep experience that's necessary to understand in marketing or any discipline the context in which you're trying to implement something like agile. And so I think it, there are differences you alluded to it earlier and I think it's a critical point for people to think just because I know agile and you know this software developer over here knows agile does not necessarily mean we can swap places because there's a context and an experience level that uh, require is required in order to make it applicable and sticky and productive.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely
1: okay. So let's change direction here a little bit. We ask all of our guests two standard questions towards the end of each interview. The first is simply as a co-founder and business owner, that makes you a prospect for sales professionals and I'm always curious to know <laughs> what is it, you know, if somebody doesn't have a referral, there's no, you know, there's no trusted introduction, how do people, you know, capture your your curiosity and, and earn the right to say 10, 13, 15 minutes on your calendar?
0: You know, it's it's not it's not rocket science in my opinion. So Agile Sherpas is an Agile marketing training organization. But I get so many cold reach-outs who assume we're a marketing agency. And they clearly <laughs> have, have, done, have done zero homework, right? Have Have not even looked at a thing about us. They just somehow saw the word marketing and assumed. But if somebody actually said... I've gone to your website, this course that you offer looks super interesting. And I think I could help you with this aspect of that course. I'm in that's, that shows, and it's, it's five minutes, right. Of, of taking time to understand what we do instead of just copying and pasting the same thing that you sent to the last five agency owners.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Show them, you know, them. do the homework, make it about them. Okay. So last question, we call it our acceleration insight. If there was one thing, one piece of advice you could tell sales, marketing or, or services people, one piece of advice that if they listen, you believe would help them hit their targets. What would it be? And why?
0: Mm, Focus, focus, focus. Um, (laughs) Even if you are not on an agile team, Fantastic book called Personal Kanban, K-A-N-B-A-N, all about managing your personal work, whether it's at home or at work or everything, using these same agile principles and the limit work in progress, right? Work on one or two high value things until they are done all the way finished and don't start anything new until it's done. It's, it's a game changer if you can actually put that system in place.
1: Yeah. Focus is key. I love it. All right. Andrea, if the listeners interested in talking more about these topics, learning more about Agile Sherpas, where do you want us to send them?
0: I can probably most easily be found either at AgileSherpas.com or my personal site is AndreaFryrear.com. Those are both pretty non-standard, so they're, they're not hard to find.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, hey, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to be on the show. It's been amazing.
0: Great to have to be here. Thanks
1: so much. All right, everybody, that does it for this episode. You know the drill. Check us out at b2brevexec.com. Share it with friends, family, coworkers if you like what you hear. Leave a review on iTunes. Until next time, keep learning, stay focused, and know we at Value Selling Associates wish you all nothing but the greatest success. You've been listening to the B2B Revenue Executive Experience.
0: To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast
1: player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.